I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 18, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And for the most part, the market did just about every single thing that we discussed that it was going to or was likely to do, barring a complete breakdown, trapdoor opening, and everybody slides through. That didn't happen, but I want to emphasize a point. I want to emphasize something we talked about last night, and I want to emphasize something we've been talking about for the last couple of days, is always keeping the bigger picture in front of mind. So let's discuss for a second where we were, what happened, and what the bigger picture was, and at the bare minimum, if for nothing else, we can have a learning opportunity, we can have a positive takeaway from what happened early this morning and throughout the day. First order of business, we were focused on, and I harped on, 300 in the SPY, 30.10 in the ES S&P E-mini futures contract. So the market broke down away from that area in the southern direction, and we were headed for a very specific area. We outlined why it was specific beginning a couple of days ago. If you're new or don't remember, please go back and review the last video from yesterday and then even the one before that, and you'll get a good sense for why we were focused on this area. What was the safety net? Let's talk about you're in a trade or you're looking to get into a trade. Let's discuss in real life what actually happens during the day. Obviously, it's not lost on me. It's not easy. It's nerve-wracking. You always think you're wrong. Many of us have bad memories of losing trades and we tend to cut and run very fast because we think we're in another losing trade. We lose sight of the big picture. So here it is. We started talking about the gap at 297.19. Let's just get under our belt. What was the low today? So the low was 296.70. So we came a little bit lower by 50 cents from the gap. Is that normal or not normal? That's normal garden variety market behavior. Sometimes they hit the gap and take off. Sometimes they come up short. Sometimes they dig in. All three are actually garden variety, normal market behavior. What we have to do as traders, as investors, whatever you want to call yourself, is we have to be able to identify what's happening and what the next likely outcome is from what we just saw. So first we'll frame out the rest of the daily chart. We had the gap, we knew about the gap. What would happen if the market continued coming down? We had another number, 296.33. Right below that was the 20-period moving average. That was actually a little bit lower yesterday. It's sloping upward, so every single day, the moving average moves up with the market as long as the market is in an uptrend, and that's the big picture also. We're in an uptrend. There's nothing technically wrong with the market. We talked about it yesterday. This could very well be just another pullback, just like we had Two or three times before, another launch pad for higher prices. We're above all the moving averages. The market is bullish. We needed to understand that. If, in fact, the market was coming back down below the 20-period moving average and below this low from that reversal day we talked about, which was the 9th, 
then something else is going on, then they're likely running for this gap all the way down there, and you don't want to be in a long trade while that's happening. So that was essentially the safety net. It would have been hourly closes first for sure, and then a daily close below that low of that reversal day on the 9th, and no long trade would have been able to be tolerated. But think about it like this. We're in the risk business. You have to pick a price or a few prices or a couple of prices and you have to be able to take risk if you're in this business. You have to make a decision and you have to stick with the decision. Let's take it down a couple of notches and let's look at the 10 minute intraday chart. We'll take a look at what happened right out of the gate this morning. The market filled the gap and took off to the upside. There's a lot of buy the dip crowd waiting for the gap. The gap worked, buying begets buying, and the market ran up higher. So a couple of things happen that we continue to talk about. The gap is the gap. We talk about gaps all the time. The second thing that happened is the market ran up, and traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader know that they were able to trade short if they so chose to do against that high as the market ran up for a specific period of time. Now, was anybody able to tell that we would make new lows? Of course not. That wasn't the point. I'm also going to get a series of emails from traders that have taken the course and they're wondering about this potential trade or this hypothetical trade or this fake trade, if you will, after the fact of a short trade right here. And you're going to say, well, hey, we didn't really see the sign or a signal of a trend change. And I would say... You had time on your side and you had a fat round number on your side. And then once the market put in that high, essentially, if you will, on time, then you were able to trade against that high. That's just taking what the market is doing in real time, taking what you know and using it with a reasonable risk reward setup. Again, it's just a learning opportunity. It wasn't a real trade. I didn't take the short trade. We're using the chart to learn from. Market made a new low and it had a miraculous turnaround and ran higher. But here's the real story. I think we're going to have to pick between a real story. There's story A and then there's story B. So story A is if the market got above 29.85, this is from inside the numbers. I'm not going to bore you with the pre-market morning notes and then the notes from the rest of the day, but you can see 29.85 is important it was important yesterday it's important today and let me show you what else happened to prove the point that it's important so we're going to jump around a little bit but here is the S&P e-mini futures contract so we're going to talk about a couple of different things on this chart but what I want to focus on here is the 1:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time close 29.85 on the button The market closes on the number, so it didn't close above, it didn't close below that time, it closed on the number, the next hour opens, and the rest is history. So was 29.85 important or not important? I think it was important. I think the market was telling us it was important. I don't think it was an accident or a coincidence that it closed on the number. Who knows about 130 and why that was important, but here's what else is interesting. So that was story A. Now, story B is apparently there were some comments today by one of the Fed governors. I don't know exactly which one. I'm not 100% sure exactly who said what, 
but apparently I caught some crosstalk in the short span of time that I did have CNBC sound on, and apparently there was some kind of dovish comments by a Fed governor again. Now, whether or not that was before or after that hourly close at 1.30, I'm really not sure, but my guess is it was around the time the market took off to the upside after it closed at 29.85. All right, put that aside for a second. You decide whether you like story A or story B. Was it the Fed governor's comments or whoever said what, or was it 29.85? Story A, story B. The other thing I want to look at on this chart happens to be the low. When we made the lower low in the afternoon, it was at 12.30 p.m. or at least the 12.30 candle that ends at 12.30, the low is 29.75.75. Why is that important? Back to inside the numbers. Here are the morning notes. This was put up there before 9 o'clock in the morning. 29.75 will be important for both the bulls and the bears. Now here's the deal. If I'm putting it down as important in the commentary, I'm pretty sure it's going to be important, which means you're likely to find buyers if we visit 29.75. Now there are reasons why, and there are other reasons that are discussed also in this document. Most of the time, markets like to do the same thing over and over and over again. And in that document, I discuss, and I do this all the time, the fact that the market may want to revisit the overnight lows. That's the futures overnight lows. Sometimes they spike through them. Sometimes they hit them to the tick. Sometimes they miss by some on the upside. That's what happened today. Here's the same chart, but the one that trades around the clock. Now, the low last night was 29.7450 in that candle. Same thing in the next candle. What was the low today in the middle of the day? 29.7575. We talk about it early in the morning inside the numbers pre-market notes. Let's wrap up the daily chart. Sorry I'm jumping around, but sometimes I have to keep you on your toes. Is this bullish or bearish? Here's the way I'm looking at it. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I look at this chart? We filled a gap, we had a nice rally away from the gap, we came up short of the 20 period moving average, we just had a pullback for a few days that looks just like the last pullback and pretty similar to the one before that. They all look about the same, the market's in an uptrend, we're above all the moving averages, that's what I see on the daily chart, period, full stop. We go with what's available on the chart in front of us in terms of the data that we can read, that we can see, that we can touch and feel. What we don't do is say, well, the market really should be going down, so therefore, tomorrow it's going to get crushed. People do that kind of stuff all the time in the comments under the video. I'm not sure why, other than the fact that I know that they're talking their book, right? They have a short position. They're trying to talk the market down. I get that. Once in a while, stuff like that happens. You wake up and the S&P's gapping down 40 or 50 points or whatever the case is. It happens, but think about it in real terms. How often does it actually happen? If we go on the premise of we go with the available data and we go with the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time these things happen, 20% of the time or less these things happen. If we use those type of premises, is premises a word? Well, let's change it up. If we use that type of logic, you're going to be right way more than you're wrong. Throw away all the crap on television. Forget the kabuki theater stuff. Just use common sense, 
market analysis. Here we go, jumping around again. But there's one more thing on the 60-minute or hourly chart that I wanted to point out. Markets do the same thing over and over again. I say that multiple times every single day, but there's a reason. Because markets do the same thing over and over again. What did they do here? Where did they stop going up at least temporarily? Well, right here. Why? The market broke down and it rallied back to test the former breakdown area. That happens over and over and over again. We look at it on many different charts all the time. Doesn't matter whether we're looking at an hourly, a 10, 15 minute chart, a 30 minute chart, a 240 minute chart. What difference does it make? If you look at all those charts, you'll realize it doesn't make any difference which chart you're looking at. Let's jump around some more. The 240 minute chart. Here's the last time we'll mention the SPY today, or at least look at the chart, I think. The 240 minute chart. If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, then you should see for not two, but at least three reasons why this chart in particular was a slap you in the face. It's a long trade. You want confirmation? How about a chart that we never even look at? A 180 minute chart. Look at the top, look at the bottom, and then look at me with a straight face and tell me that it's not a slap you in the face long trade. Again, we're in the risk business. If we're here to play the game and we're willing to put on risk, where do you put on risk if not here? Now, not here meaning at the close of the day, but here meaning where the market actually told you it was formulating a bottom. Long-term bottom, short-term bottom, we don't even need to know right now. Here's what we need to know. Today's low is the current bogey. Any hourly close below today's low and something else is going on besides higher prices. There's always the chance they come in and they tap the 20-period moving average and then retake off to the upside, but that wouldn't be the norm so we go with the 80-20 rule that wouldn't happen 80% of the time after today. After the type of market activity today, 80% of the time, that's not going to happen. How about volume? Volume picked up a little bit on an up day. That's interesting. That's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What's doing over in Camp IWM? So now the IWM closed back above the 100-day moving average, which we said yesterday wasn't all that important because we've been essentially riding the 100-period moving average for a few weeks. The longer you ride it, the more you're going to wear it out, right? So you're either wearing it out on the downside, market's going to fall, or it's going to trade away from the upside because it is a bull flag pattern. But I have to say right now, you would have to classify the IWM right here as teetering. So what do we have? What's the first thing I see when I look at the chart? Well, I see the trend line. We know about that. We talked about that last night and before. I also see a gap, and I want to know if that gap was filled. Well, I know it wasn't filled, but let's go look at the numbers. So the gap is 153.63. The low yesterday was 73, 153.73, and the low today was the same number. So they missed the gap and took off. But they really didn't take off too far. So the IWM is not necessarily leading in the upside today anyway. So you see what's going on. I'm conflicted with the IWM. I see the pattern. They missed the gap. Those are both bullish signs, but we're teetering. They have to do a get up and go. Closing the day above yesterday's candle would be a great start. That is obviously necessary. But if they do, I think that solidifies 
the run back at this trend line. Whether or not they break through it, we'll see. But they are set up to do so. That is what is going on. They're setting up for at least a test, another test of the trend line. Same rule applies to the 100-period moving average that applies to the trend line. The more they beat on it, the more likely they are to get through or wear it out. So they've been riding the 100-period moving average. Are they wearing it out? Or are they going to go up to the trend line again and beat on it again? Are they going to get through or not? We don't know yet. I'm just giving you what I see on this daily chart. Next topic, VIX. Another collapse in volatility, obviously at the end of the day or the latter part of the day when the market ripped higher. What's the first thing we see? We see a reversal today down below the 20 period moving average. It's not necessarily a reversal in the sense of a reversal candle. I'm just saying we were up and we couldn't get through the breakdown candle. They gave a run for the top of the breakdown candle. The 100 period moving average was above. They couldn't even get to either one and fell away. So I can't help but notice the bear flag pattern on the VIX. Okay, so I'm drawing it. It's kind of sloppy because the VIX is all over the place. So I'm manipulating the bear flag pattern. But you can see what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the fact that the VIX is consolidating down in this area that would likely mean another move lower is coming. Obviously, if we're going to get a rip higher in the market and the daily chart of the SPY or S&P 500 is true to form and we're going to get another run higher, the VIX will collapse lower. The volatility will get sucked out of the market. How long could that last for? Well, we don't know. It could be only a couple of days. It could be a week. It could be a few weeks. We would like to know, but the reality is we can't know. That's why we have to piece this thing together every single day. We have a puzzle. We have a bunch of pieces that are scattered around. We start putting them on the table one by one, assembling them so that we can begin to get a clear picture of what's going on. Nobody knows where the market's going to be two weeks from Thursday, despite what some people think. How about the transportation department? Pretty good bounce back today, right back above the moving averages. Now you see a trend line in here. It's interesting because somebody posted, I forget who it was, my apologies, but it was a good post. It was under the video last night pointing out the channel on the transports. So here's the bottom portion of what that channel would be. If you had a top portion, it would be up here and it looks something like this. It's not the best channel in the world, but it's certainly not the worst one either. It's a pretty good channel, and what you can see is that we came down not to, but close to the bottom portion of the channel, that huge down day yesterday. I still contend that that was a canary in the coal mine in and of itself. So if the market, in this case the transports, corrects itself, for example, and we close a day above the high of yesterday's breakdown candle, 10,693 and change, then that's a different story. But that's going to take a lot of work to do. There was a lot of downside yesterday. A lot of stuff got thrown out with the bathwater inside the transports. However, just on its face, again, above all the moving averages, if you just not take out, but just don't think about for a split second, yesterday's big, huge down day, and you just looked at the chart and said, where are we? You would say, we're above all the moving averages. It's still bullish on the daily chart. However, you can't help but notice the amount of points we came down from the high two days ago to yesterday's low. That's a huge, huge decline 
generally, and again, 80-20 rule applies, 80% of the time, that's going to be something meaningful. 3.5% down in one day in the transports is not normal. It happens once in a blue moon. We've had days where we're up 3%. We've had days where we're down 3%, but they are few and far between. Here's one of those big up days, and here's a big down day. But you can see, those are the outliers. 80-20 rule. 80% of the time or more, stuff like that's just not going to happen. How about taking a peek out to Silicon Valley? Do we see anything different, anything new? Do we see anything surprising? Absolutely not. We see a 20-period moving average. We're above everything. We're above all the moving averages. We see a gap. It looks like the gap was filled, but was it filled? No, it was not. We can move it over and check the numbers, but as you know, I've already done that. So the gap is 190.66, and the low here is 190.69. We missed the gap by three pennies, took off to the upside. Have we ever seen that before? Have we seen that today? Have we seen that yesterday? Do we see that all the time? We do see that all the time, and generally, 80% of the time when that happens, what's that telling us? Specifically, when the market is in an uptrend, and they miss a gap down below by a few pennies, and they take off to the upside, that's the market's way of telling you it's bullish. It's telling me that anyway. How about Bitcoin? Here's a curveball for you. Remember the other day, I think it was maybe in the weekend video or some video last week, we talked about Bitcoin. I talked about 9,100, 92. I'm not sure I gave a specific price to the number, to the penny, but I talked about that general area. And look what happened. Came down to 91.50. No, a little bit lower. 90.90 was the actual low. And look where we are now. 10,600 and change. Just noticing. Just saying. Taking a stop down at the financial district. Same routine. Above all the moving averages, we came close to, but didn't even touch the 20-period moving average, took off to the upside, and we know one thing. When the financial market, or the XLF in this case, is not going in the southern direction, and it's not collapsing, the market's unlikely to be going down. That's just the way it is. We've discussed that hundreds of times. The financials are strong. 2747, as long as we stay above 2747, it's bullish. Nothing new. We keep talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but guess what? That's how we learn by repeating the same thing that happens over and over again so that we learn to recognize it. When you bring up a chart, you'll be able to see the same thing that I'm seeing if you watch enough of these videos and you take the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. It all works together. This is pillar one, pillar two is the course, and pillar three is inside the numbers. All three work together. It's a three-legged stool that doesn't fall over. How about the SMH? This is a great proxy for the tech sector. This is the tracker for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, up 2%. What's that telling you? It's telling you it's bullish. It's not saying anything bearish whatsoever. Not yet, not now. It's in an uptrend, riding above the moving averages. The moving average, at least the 20-period moving average, is sloping up and it's trading away from it. Is it going to get too far extended from home base? Maybe so, and it'll come back to check in. However, it's bullish. That's what we see on the chart today based on the data that's presented. How about gold? What's going on over here? Another rip-roaring rally in gold. Gold futures are up about 25 bucks. 
we can look at the continuous contract here. It doesn't really matter what we look at. It's on a breakout. We've talked about this a number of times. I don't have this on there for any specific reason. I was just playing with the highs. We're coming into this high right here that comes in at 1457.90. And you can see we're at 1447 and change right now. So I would suspect we're going to see some resistance. However, Look what we're seeing here. This is a monthly chart, so realize that each one of these candles takes about 30 days to play out or 20 trading days, give or take. What's interesting and what I see is coming up to that high at 1457 and being above the 100 period moving average on the monthly chart. So there's about 10 days left in the month. It's going to be very interesting to see where gold closes out the month of July. Do they run up and they make the high, spike the high, come short of the high, and then come back down and close the month below that moving average? Or do they continue higher and close above the moving average? I think that's going to be extremely interesting to find out and see when that happens. Now here's a contrast because the GLD chart, the monthly chart, looks different from the gold futures chart. So where's the resistance? It's not the same. That's what makes it a little bit difficult you have a lot of chart varieties. You have GLD, you have the continuous commodity contract in gold itself or the GC contract, and then you have the current month that's trading, which in this case is GCQ, which is the August contract, which will soon roll into the next contract. As far as I'm concerned, this is a breakout. I'm not looking to be a shorter of gold. I'm looking to continue. I own some gold, but I would buy gold or GLD on a pullback. We just don't get a good pullback. When you look at the daily chart, you can see that it really just never pulled back anything close to this gap, never even sniffed the gap, never sniffed the trend line, at least not yet anyway. We talked about this a couple of times. If it came back to retest the trend line, that would be an interesting buying opportunity. We haven't done so. So therefore, gold's taking off to the upside without my participation in at least the paper gold, GLD, or the commodity itself. I do have some physical stuff, but unfortunately not enough to make a difference to anybody. How about crude oil? Crude oil seemed to hit a slick recently. Look at the down move it had. Since we went back above 60, it essentially collapsed. Where's it going is the $100,000 question. Well, originally, or still, we were going for the low of the breakup candle. We didn't quite get there, and it rallied away from that area, but something tells me it's not necessarily done coming down yet. So I think it has another visit with 54, or maybe even slightly below 54. Before we give it a wrap, there's one more thing that I want to point out that I notice all the time, and I think everybody else should notice it too. I just discussed the fact that there's different vehicles to trade the same thing. And that goes for many different things, gold and crude oil included. So there are a lot of different vehicles to trade crude oil. I want to show you something interesting. And this is why you have to pick one vehicle and trade from one vehicle. I like using the actual vehicle itself. So if I'm looking at crude oil, I want to be looking at the actual crude oil contract. Not some of these leveraged exchange traded products or some of this other hocus pocus stuff. Here's why and here's an example. Here's one of the popular products, USO. 
So here's a gap in USO, and the gap was closed at 11.33, or would have been, and the low, I'll move this over so you can see, the low was 11.37. So we missed the gap, same thing we've been discussing, we came short of it and traded away from it a little bit, doesn't mean we won't come back and fill the gap in this case, however, we missed the gap. But let's go look at another vehicle. How about UCO? This is an ultra, meaning it's a leveraged exchange-traded product. Here's its gap, 1718. What's the low? Let me move this over. The low was 1712. They filled the gap and bounced off of it. Where's the gap in the actual crude oil contract? There is no gap. There are gaps. Here's an hourly pit session chart. Here's a gap down here, but this gap comes in at 53.99. So the low here is 54.85, nowhere near that gap. So it's a completely different chart. The moral of the story, you have to be careful what you're trading and not jump around from one vehicle to another. You can trade different things, but within different things, for example, within gold or within crude oil, you have to stay with one thing. You can't be jumping around from USO to ECO to CL contract. David they Frost. all look different Subscribe, from time to time. Rate, so you have and to take that into on your account. Favorite podcast that is a pretty app. good place and to pull the ripcord tonight. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast is common sense market, market analysis. analysis.